Hey, what's up, folks? Just wanted to record this quick podcast, and uh, this is maybe more for men than it is for women, but the reality of it is, is that as a man, if you don't have your money right, don't try to step to a woman at all. Take it from me from personal experience of doing shit the hard way, the wrong way, thinking that somehow I could have conversations with her and we could create something together, even though I don't have really what I really want to be able to take care of her financially. It's never worked. Don't waste your time. Get your money right. Get your house in order to the point where you can make decisions and choices from an empowering context and not from this scarcity. She's the only one. And I got to just put my whole life into her. Believe me, it won't work. Don't try it. I've done everything I can to justify how it could work. And I knew all of this stuff about why it doesn't work. And I delude from a delusional perspective, came at it again and said, well, I can make it work this time. And it blew up in my face again. So don't waste your time. Get your shit together. Get your finances in order. Get your financial statement in order. Uh, get the car that you want. Get the house that you want. Have enough of your life working to the point where the women that come into your life, you can choose powerfully who you want to spend time with. And personally, I highly recommend you get a, a prenup if you get married. And that goes for the ladies, too. Don't just give it up to anybody. You know what I'm saying? Find a dude that's actually got something going on in his life that's balanced, that has enough of his shit in order. And you got your shit in order where you bring something to the table besides just coochie. Because typically, at, on a very primal level, and this is not a politically correct conversation, and a lot of people wouldn't like it, but the reality of it is most women are not going to be invested or, <coughs> excuse me, be interested in investing in a man, especially after they've been around the block a few times with a guy that has potential to make money but doesn't have it yet. They might give you a small window of opportunity to, to make the money, it might be six months, you know, you could be working a job, but it ain't a job where you could really take care of a family. But if she senses that you're going to be successful, she may give you six months. She might give you three. She might give you fucking three weeks or two days. She ain't going to tell you, though. You know what I'm saying? So the game is the game. You know, women want money. And men want a woman that's going to be his lady and his whore at the same time. And be able to wear both of those hats, so to speak, where she's a lady. As the one comedian said, with whole like qualities. But that comes at a price. It's all commerce. It doesn't mean it has to be purely transactional. You know, there, there can be love and affinity in the midst of that interaction with that woman. And for the ladies with that man. And at the same time, it still boils down to at the end of the day, who's paying the bills and are the bills being paid? And do you have enough wherewithal to where if shit hits the fan that I could count on you as the man in my life to not nut up and to not to avoid just nutting up and being some little bitch and running into the hills, leaving me here with your dumbass children that you ain't here to help me with no more. I mean, it's that real. It ain't politically correct. It ain't a warm and fuzzy conversation. And at the same time, that's the reality of it.
Most men in the Western world are damaged. Most women in the Western world are damaged. If you have something about yourself that is of value, keep working on that, keep cultivating it and protect it because all of the work that you did to amass success in your life as a man or as a woman, as a woman to prepare yourself by you know, knowing how to cook, knowing how to clean, knowing how to uh, take care of, uh, uh, of your of children, knowing how to be there for the man, knowing how to please your man. That's hugely important. Men ain't that fucking difficult or that simple. If you give good head, if you give, if you a freak in the bedroom, but you still his lady when you out and about, that dude will go to the end of the earth for you. He will damn, he probably straight up kill for you if it came to it. But when you holding out on the coochie and when you being all holier than thou or you're frigid or some shit like that, it's like, I understand trauma happens. That's not to diminish that at all. You have a lot of women that have been molested, have been abused. You have a lot of men that have actually, as I found out, as, as I've learned more about this whole sex and intimacy conversation that have been abused as well. So you got trauma on both sides. Deal with those trauma wounds. Heal that shit. Because if you don't, you end up carrying it into your relationship killing off any and all possibilities with this person that could actually be the most amazing human being you could spend the rest of your life with. Whether you, and that's if you're monogamous, if you're polygynous, you know, or whatever you, same sex couple, whatever, whatever you're into, you can create magic in heaven on earth, but you got to deal with your shit. And if you haven't dealt with it and you carry that into a relationship, if you got two children from a previous dude, and the children are fucked up because the father don't want nothing to do with the children anymore because he's pissed at you. And nine times out of 10, the children are going to be caught in the crosshairs. Or if the woman is using the children as leverage through the courts to fuck over the father because she hates him because he ain't made the money that she thought he was going to make or he's too wussy or effeminate and he ain't the man that she thought he was, then a lot of times, the, the, again, the children get caught in the crosshairs. And it's sad. That shit hurts, man. When you invest time and energy in somebody and then it just fucking blows up in your face. I had the universe giving me signs all the time with this woman. The songs that I was hearing. It was like the universe saying, no, this is her, Dean. And I know when I get a message from the universe. I know when I get it. Most of us know when we get a message from something greater than ourselves that we need to do some things differently or revisit this scenario that we're involved in with a new set of eyes, so to speak. Because we've been looking at it through rose-colored glasses and we about to get our fucking shit turned upside down on us because we ain't been dealing in reality. And there's a lot of women out here that are looking for a good dude. And you got a lot of men that are looking for a good woman. But the reality of it is, is that almost every single one of us, to one degree or another, has some level of emotional scarring or some type of trauma that we haven't dealt with. And I don't, know, I don't even like to use that word trauma because it's, it's used so much nowadays. But there's a lot of truth to it. 
You got women that have been molested when they were young. And, and again, like I'm saying, even boys that have been molested. And whatever that shit might be, you know, being abused or, or brutalized by, you know, you got dudes beating up on women because they don't know how to deal with women and, and, and the ways that women can be. And women are dark. Women can be just women are evil, truthfully, but they also have the ability to be our complement, our help meet the wind beneath our wings. You know, women don't miss anything. They hear everything we say. They're the subconscious mind. So if anything, they can actually be the clearing for us to be the most powerful man that we could ever be in life. But a lot of that still boils down to us dealing with our own emotional shit. You know, and dealing with whatever those wounds are. And as opposed to looking at things from this delusional perspective, I have been delusional. I was talking to this woman and thinking that I could create partnership with her and possibility and we could possibly even go into business together. And I don't think she was really thinking about any of that shit. Truthfully, because she's a divorced woman, she probably just wanted to get laid. And actually, so did I. But I know that's very short lived because if you've listened to any of my prior podcasts, you've heard me talk about Caritza. But Caritza is only only really possible still as a man if you have your financial household in order, because without that, most women ain't trying to hear nothing you got to say. Like I heard this one dude say on, on the bus one time back in Atlanta, when he was making a comparison between women in New York versus women in Atlanta. He said in New York, everybody's on the same level. Everybody rides the train. Most people there don't have cars. Hell, it's illegal to own guns in New York. He didn't say that, but the point is, everybody's on the same level. So it's easier for a woman to justify getting with you if you ride the train. Especially if you got a job, it's like, oh, okay, that's enough. We, we can make it happen. And as the brother went on to say, he said in New York, they'll work with you and build with you. And a lot of times, as this other dude that was a vendor that I met at this event in Atlanta was saying, they'll be, they're, they're more loyal there too in New York. But here... In Atlanta, to use that example, he's like, there's no loyalty because the, the perception, the program is that if you ride MARTA in, in Atlanta or most transit systems throughout the country, most women are like, that's beneath me. You're beneath me if you're riding the train or the bus, even if you got a house or, or, or a home or, or a good job. Why don't you get a car? You know, what he said was the women in Atlanta come from the mindset of call me when you get it, but don't call me until then. And because everybody is plateaued, so to speak, and on the same level in New York, or at least at that time, it was like, yo, we can still we can still do business. We can still hook up We you can be my you can be my boyfriend and we can build some stuff. You got a job, don't you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Let's work. But in most other cities throughout the United States where you have to have a car to get around, that in and of itself is enough to take you out of the conversation for a relationship. Because women look at status symbols. And if your status symbol is some beat up ass fucking Toyota, they're not trying to give you no pussy or be seen out in public with you.
So again, you know, like I said, I share the things on this podcast, not because I know everything far from it. I'm just wanting to have the discussion. And if you hear the little popping noise, that's because the rain's hitting down on my roof in my car. You know, I don't always feel like super comfortable to share some of the things that I share, but I'm going off of life experience. I'm going off of the experiences of people that I've been around, dudes and women. I've seen it everywhere. And if you live long enough, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not in just straight up denial, you've experienced and seen what I'm talking about, uh, seen what I'm talking about. If you got a young daughter, train your daughter on what to look for in a man. Because most of these dudes just want to get their rocks off. They're not trying to build with her. They don't have no goals. They have no ambition. It came from broken homes. They got trauma that ain't been dealt with. They got issues with their biological father a lot of times or their mom. And then you're going to let this dude come in and date your daughter and potentially impregnate her. And now you got a son with this degenerate ass nigga. And I don't even like to use that term, but that's just how it occurs sometimes. That's how it comes out. And now you got to deal with his shit because he ain't the man that's really suitable for your daughter, but because you weren't there to check his ass and make sure he meets your criteria, then you let him in and he got all the way in. And now you got to deal with this fool for the rest of your life. And sometimes dudes measure up. Sometimes people change. They grow. They get beyond their immaturity. Men and women, sometimes that actually happens. And they step up their game and they become powerful, real, mature adults who can be great parents and who can be great providers. Unfortunately, though, most of the time that doesn't happen. When the course and the table has been set that this child is a fuck up, usually they end up being a fuck up their entire life. So if you got a, a beautiful young daughter, watch who she's spending time with. Meet the dudes that want to take her out on a date. Go meet the parents. You know, like the movie or whatever. I mean, that's the, that was a movie, but my point is meet his parents. See, listen to him. Look him in the eye. See what they're about. Look him in the eye and see what he's about. And the same thing with you parents who have a son that's got good a good head on his shoulders and is going somewhere in life. And that's partially the only reason I share some of the raw, unfiltered shit that I share on this channel about a multitude of things, but in particular when it comes to intimacy and sex, which can be the most powerful thing on earth, it can build or it can destroy. And that's the only reason I share. That's the only reason I put myself out here. That's the only reason I put myself at issue sharing the things that I share on this fucking channel and, and saying and saying some of the things that I say is because I've been on the bottom. I know what it's like to hit rock fucking bottom. I know what it's like to be shitted on. I know what it's like to have my heart broken. And most of us, if you've lived long enough, you've experienced that. So you know what I'm talking about. And I'm not trying to say shit to intentionally trigger people. I'm saying from my experience, these are the things that I've observed. If you want to talk to me about it, give me a call. Have me on your podcast. Have me on your talk show. Let's have a conversation around it. A raw, no holds barred conversation.
Because you got people's lives at stake, man. You got people that are fucked up for life after they had one person treat them like shit and they never recover from it. Male or female. And as I am often, often have the thought in my mind is to say, yo, don't just give it up to anybody. And I'm saying as a man or as a woman. And then you could probably even say even more so as a woman, because women are receivers. You receive his energy into your yoni. And if his energy is filled with hate and self-loathing and resentment and he's mad at the world on some level, that energy is in you. And God forbid he just impregnated you and you about to have his child. Energy is powerful. Energy is precious, especially when we're talking about sexual energy. That's creative energy. You can fucking move mountains with that energy. You can build magnificent structures with that energy, or you can tear them down at the same time. Or you can tear down another human with that energy at the same time. I was working with this young lady, this woman that I work for, and she has a beautiful young daughter. And her daughter was about to walk out the house. And I'm thinking to myself, you going to let her wear that outside? Young boys only thinking about one thing. We, we hit puberty before women do. What they say, a man's sexual peak is between 18 and 21 or some shit. Women don't reach their sexual peak until they're like 40, 44, somewhere in their early 40s to mid 40s or something like that. We're about as opposite as they come and opposites attract. Opposites can do great things together and can create magic together. But it's about understanding who you are. Understanding what works and what doesn't in the confines of an intimate sexual relationship, being mature, fulfilling your role. And, and one of the things I got to admit is, and I've seen women do this as well, but it's, it's almost disturbing to me how soft we as men can get when a woman gives us some, some attention. And when it's a woman that's we, that we really like, if we get some, what's that song? Juicy got him crazy from, what was that? Three, six mafia or something like that back in the day or whatever. If you get a hold to some good Yoni as a man, if you don't have, if you're not grounded in reality, you're going to end up being a supplicating wuss, a simp that she doesn't respect. And now she's fucking somebody else, possibly your best friend behind your back. Because she respects him more than she, than she respects you. Yeah, the Yoni might be good, but breathe, man. Have some discipline. Find some other outlet for your energy as opposed to chasing that woman all the time and being up under her. You know, I got present to how I love bomb women, like the one holistic psychologist talks about. It's inauthentic. And a lot of times, as she went on to say in that particular post on Instagram, when somebody in a relationship love bombs the other person, it's just a it's a tactic to compensate for some insecurity that they have. And then they end up using that later on to manipulate the other person. So, like I said, folks, I don't I'm far from having all the answers. And I know I say some some colorful shit sometimes in these podcasts. But if you live long enough, if you've been through enough shit, you know what I'm talking about. And all I'm really having these conversations for is to say, hey, 
I see the breakdown. I see the dysfunction. I believe that many of us do. Can we do something to make things better? Can we do something to take actions that are going to shape us and have us in more alignment with one another to where we can have love and affinity in our intimate sexual relationships for the long term? If that's what we want, I want the long term. And maybe I don't. Maybe I'm lying to myself. Maybe I just want to have a bunch of different women that I sleep with at different times and I can just get laid whenever I want because I got my house in order mentally, spiritually, physically and emotionally, spiritually, whatever. And, I, you know, like I got the house that I want. I got the car that I want. I got the setup that I want to where maybe that's all I want. I just want women that I can just get with them from time to time. And then, you know, hey, have a nice night. But you're not staying tonight. Maybe I'm that type of dude. I haven't been with that many women. So in a way, I don't I, I want to say that I want a long term relationship. I want to say I want to get married in the traditional sense, because I think there's a lot of value in the traditional model of a man and a woman in a long term committed relationship. Because when I look at traditional societies and cultures, one of the things that I observe, even though they get on each other's nerves from time to time, and I've been coaching two married couples in this program that I was in this past weekend. And one of the couples was on the verge of divorce. The other couple, they've been together for 56 years. And as she said, jokingly, we still, we, we can still talk to each other, but that's the beauty of a long-term intimate relationship. You're jaded. You're kind of twisted because you've been through so much shit together, but you're like, that's my ride or die over there. And you ain't about to walk on them. You're like, fuck it. We in this shit for the long haul. We in this till death do us part for real, for real. And that's what I respect. So however you choose to do it, whether it's monogamy, polyandry, polygamy, or should I say polygyny, a man with several wives, if it's a same sex marriage, whatever you, however you get down. Be true to what your role is in that structure. Be true to your highest and best good and the best version of yourself that you can bring ongoingly to this person in your life. Because the problem is, as I see it from a lot of the work that I've done in personal growth and development programs and from reading and studying is one very simple thing. People are jumping from one person to another and they never got to know the first person they jumped away from. And they jump to the next person just so they didn't have to deal with the heartache from the one that broke, broke, broke their heart in the prior relationship. So just so that they can pop their collar and say, aha, I replaced you and she looks better or he looks better and he has more money than you. The fact of the matter is most of the time, male or female, you haven't dealt with the pain from that person that fucked you over. And just so you could compete and say, I, I rebounded faster than you do, you did, and I found somebody faster and I replaced you faster than you could replace somebody on your side as far as me. As opposed to dealing with the hurt and the heartache, we want to compete and say, let me find somebody real quick so I can replace that person. And a lot of times all you end up doing is repeating the same pattern over and over and over again. And then you wonder why you can't have a healthy relationship. Now, that's not to say that's a guarantee because some people go that route and they still somehow manage to make it work eventually. 
where they do find somebody they want to spend the rest of their life with. But a lot of times all you're doing, it's like it's like if you go get an oil change as opposed to draining the old oil that's dirty and clouded, you just put the new in, new oil in right on top of the old oil and somehow thinking that it's all better now. No, you got to purge and cleanse that hurt that fucked you up before, before you go putting in a new solution. Too many times people ain't doing that. Now that's my challenge right now. My fucking heart hurts, man. I dig this woman. I wanted to fucking marry her. But the reality of it is I wasn't in reality. And now all I have left is to continue to dig in and work on me. For my life, for my sanity, to finish my book, to get in the best health of my life, to stop staying up so late, to stop eating all these damn carbohydrates and, and sweets, which is really a replacement for the lack of sweetness in my life in the way of a companion. So if I don't have a woman in my life, I got to find other women to go be around. So I'm not in this scarcity mentality and putting one woman on a pedestal who I barely even fucking know because it's been so long without, since I've been with a woman. And that's male or female. One of the best things any of us can do, male or female, is if we want to create possibilities for ourselves when it comes to finding somebody that we really want to spend time with and be in a relationship with, we got to go be out amongst people. That's what I told myself today. I could have stayed at home, been in the house with the rain and the cloudy overcast weather and cold. And I knew there were some things I could have gotten done at, at home. And I was like, no, Dean, you need to go be around people. Go talk to people, go look people in the eye, go be with their communication. Go listen and listen to what they're really saying. Take the training that you got from this past weekend in the communications course with Landmark, Access to Power, and being one of the coaches. Take all of the breakthroughs that you got from communication and listening this weekend and go apply it in your life actively. Get out of this scarcity mentality and go be in abundance because there's beautiful women everywhere. Le and ladies, there's beautiful men everywhere. It has to start with you, though. It has to start with me. The beauty has to come from within me. The love has to start and come from within me without any attachment. I met two women today that could potentially be somebody I could spend time with and, and maybe a relationship. I'm not. I, I looked at that as a potential, not like it's going to happen. But if nothing else, I developed a good rapport with two really nice ladies today that was pretty cool. And at the same time, I'm not attached. I refuse to be attached to the outcome. I just want to get to know them and spend some time around women that are feminine. I love the energy of divine feminine energy. It is nourishing. It's good for my health. Just like a man that's masculine is good for a woman's health. That's feminine. It's a beautiful dance when we learn to be with it and just flow with it and stop being so fucking significant about everything. Love your life. You know, that's about the only thing I could really say is 
Love yourself. Love your life. Don't sell your refuse to sell yourself short. And if something don't feel right, trust it. And nine times out of 10 is probably correct. And I get the impression this woman checked out on me a while ago and I kept trying to justify it like somehow it's going to work out. No, it's not, Dean. Except the fact that it just didn't and it blew up in your face and what you thought you were going to create was not effective. Learn the lesson and move on. The key is to learn the lesson. I end up eating eating stuff these days that I have no interest in eating. Largely because at times my heart has just been empty and hurt and I'm fucking. I feel nothing sometimes. And I miss companionship. I miss having a woman in my life. I've never really had one consistently in my life. Anyway, I'll be 55 this year. And it's largely been because of my own internal conversation about myself and not feeling worthy. And so that's stuff for me to continue to work on and continue to heal. But above all else, man, fight for what you want. Fight for what you love. Fight for the life that you want, that you know you deserve, male or female. Because... As the saying goes, as I heard this woman say when we were coming back from this one conference down in Orlando, Florida some years ago, and it was all about training you how to go on stage and present your product or service, you know, and be, you know, essentially a effective promoter of what you do. You know, and I, I it just landed with me and I've never forgotten. I've heard it before, but it was something about when she said it at the and the state that I was in at the time and how it just impacted me. And, and what she said was, God bless the child that's got his own. Is that real? Man, woman, God bless the child that's got his own. Know your role. Look at traditional models that work when it comes to healthy, intimate sexual relationships and lasting love and affinity. Look at what works. I attribute what I know is gonna be a large part of my success to landmark education excuse me, and in particular, the communications courses at Landmark, the uh, access to power course and power to create and to an even further and greater degree, the uh, team management and leadership program. I give credit where credit is due. You know, a couple good friends of mine that have been like older brothers and mentors to me, Chris and Ed, you know, I give credit where credit is due. The book Cupid's Poison Arrow. I mean, you name it. The women that I've talked to that have just been genuine about their experience of life. You know, people I've talked to that have been happily married. People that I've talked to that have gone through bitter divorces. All of that's a part of what allows me to share about this in a way that I do because this is a part of my, really what amounts to my biggest commitment is that men and women find love with each other again. And have authentic, straight conversations with each other about anything.
If you got to walk on eggshells with the person in your life that you say is the person you love and you want to spend the rest of your life with, that's a fucking shitty way to go through life. And don't ever, don't ever, and I speak from experience, don't ever let anybody manipulate you subconsciously, passively, aggressively or whatever, passively, aggressively or whatever, to where you go from being somebody that's fully self-expressed to being mousy and afraid to speak up and, and say what's really there for you. Fuck that. Speak your truth. And if they can handle it, then great. Then you got somebody that you have the potential of having a healthy long-term relationship with because you can have great times together and you can have difficult conversations with each other as well. And you can get to the other side of that shit and get back to the love that you have for each other and that appreciation that you have for each other. But if you're in a relationship where you got to fucking walk on eggshells, you're not in a relationship. That's bullshit. And you're doing yourself a disservice. And really, to a degree, you're doing the other person a disservice. Speak your truth. Be powerful. Be unapologetically you, whoever you be. Because suffering is truly optional. Even though at times it's almost felt like a way of life for me. One of the biggest revelations I've gotten recently is that, yes, suffering is 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 truly optional. So you can take that shit on and hold it close to you like the character Linus and the Peanuts, Charlie Brown character and, and, and fucking live with that shit for your life. Or you can let that shit go and just be your most powerful self and let go of that victimhood. And let go of that self-loathing behavior. And acknowledge that you're worthy of the best that life has to offer. Create it, manifest it, and just continue to work at it to where it's just a part of life for you. And you're a model for what a healthy relationship looks like. So I'm going to shut up talking. But I thank you, folks, if you made it this long with me on this podcast for listening to what I had to share. God bless you. I wish you all the best of love, health, happiness, and financial abundance. And a, and a great relationship with God, the creator of all things, to help sustain you through life in the matrix. You know, as Christ said, be in the world, not of the world. Because this world is full of some evil, demonic ass shit. And to have any chance of having a healthy, long-term relationship, it takes something. And for those of you out there who have that, you are my inspiration. And thank you for showing and giving me and other people an example that relationships can and actually do work. Thank you. What's up, folks? Uh, just recording this quick podcast on the value of marriage. Um, I'm not a Christian, but the people that I follow that I respect that are Christians, they make reference to the Bible and they have Marriages that work. Uh, this is one guy that I listened to on Instagram. Shannon, I wish I could find him on Facebook, but I haven't been able to find him as of yet. And then the pastor, Bill Donahue, out of New Jersey. Um, <clears throat> and there are other people. <clears throat> the late Dr. Miles Monroe. Um, he had a great couple of uh, YouTube videos that I saw that were passed on to me by a late friend of mine about leadership and men and marriage and 
and the value of union. You know, as the Bible says, when a man <clears throat> when a man findeth a wife, he findeth a good thing. And my last, you know, podcast was about sex and the relationships and just the rawness of it, because it it can be really raw when when we get down to the core of man, the core of women. It's primal, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I just looked at this page on uh, Facebook where they were showing a picture of Sally Field and Burt Reynolds from the uh, film of, uh, from the movie set for the film uh, Smokey and the Bandit. One of my favorite movies of all time. And in the picture, Sally Field is wearing pants that are so tight, <clears throat> the pants are, what do they call it, camel toe? I mean, it's like obvious, like goodness gracious obvious. <clears throat> and I couldn't help but notice it. And I kind of scrolled down in the comments to see if anybody else noticed it. And sure enough, there were other people, women, this is my point, women that pointed it out just as much, if not more so than guys, about Sally Field and her pants and how tight they were. And um, <clears throat> that's my whole point. You know, women are very primal. Women are more primal in a way than men. Women are more in touch with their raw, natural side uh, to where they want to have sex and just be fully self-expressed and freaky uh, as much, if not more so, than men, right? And then it's portrayed in the media like men are the ones that are dogs. When you listen to some of the conversations that women have and how raw and... I mean, I know some women that can make probably sailors blush, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and that's no knock against women. I'm just pointing out the fact that men and women are really the same in that way. It's just always portrayed like men are dogs and men are the only ones that have raw, you could even say guttural conversations at times. <clears throat> but my point is that women are just as, you know, tuned in to the primal nature that we all have, right? And I think a part of what I'm in the exploration of, you know, is what works and what doesn't. Is it to just sleep around? Um, is it to be married? Is this to be, you know, like monogamous? Is it to be polygynous? <clears throat> because to me, it's all business. I don't think that women really love men. I think women love money and they love what a man can do for them. You know, when a man has social status and money, you know, he's masculine, he carries himself well, you know, he can he can lay pipe, he can, you know, handle his business in the bedroom. And he ain't, you know, going to run for the hills if something goes wrong. You know, she wants to know if she's with a dude that's battle tested, you know. But I guess just to finish the thought about uh, the picture that I saw on Facebook with Sally Field and Burt Reynolds, it's just that, I, I think I already touched on it, is that women commented on it and laughed as much as men did. But men get criticized for calling stuff out like that, for being uh, degenerates, to being, for being toxic, uh, toxic masculinity, when women will say some shit that's just as raw as a man, if not more so in a lot of times. And they noticed it more so than the dudes. <clears throat> but anyway, back to my point about marriage. The people I know that are Christians 
And I di- I have my digression, so, you know, bear with me. If you've listened to me this long, you know that, you know, Dean has his digressions. And hopefully I tie it all together enough towards the end to where, you know, enough of my point is made. And what was really right there for me is people think they have choice. They really don't. You know, it's like in the truest sense, like back in the day, you know, you had arranged marriages. And you stayed together for life. Period. There was no such thing as divorce. <clears throat> I met this woman that was a Jehovah Witness. And I used to run from Jehovah Witnesses like most of us. <clears throat> we were programmed to close the door. <clears throat> Growing up, we saw Jehovah Witness walking up to the door. And when they knocked, pretend like they weren't there. And I made it a point to talk to this one lady at, uh, while I was on a uh, call with AAA. She was actually attractive. I mean, she was wearing a mask, but she had a nice a nice body and everything. And I mean, she's a little older. I mean, I'm 54. She was probably like early to mid 60s. But I, I was like, shit, she can get it, you know. <clears throat> but um, I got to talking to her about marriage and she was pointing out some things to me about marriage as it occurs in the Jewish faith. <clears throat> Excuse me, not Jewish faith. As a Jehovah's Witness, I was thinking about the woman I was dating recently that was Jewish. And she said that there are only like three grounds for divorce. It was like severe physical abuse, um, infidelity, or not allowing one one spouse and not allowing the other to practice their Christian, in this case, Jehovah Witness faith. And we had a really great conversation. And I had just seen the woman that day that I had been going out with. And I just, in my spirit, it just, something just didn't feel right. And I, you know, I wanted to marry the woman, you know, and it's just now officially over. <clears throat> I told her, I just want to, I'm not trying to wait on her and her stuff and all that she's dealing with. Either you're ready to follow my lead and be my wife or you're not. And I asked her to marry me and she said she wasn't ready for that. So. I was like, okay, you know, and I know I don't have the money to take care of her right now, like paying all of her bills and that kind of thing. But I was thinking that, you know, from some of the communications I had with her early on, I was like, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want this to be just about sex or just about cuddling. You know, I want this to be about us building something together, partnership. You know where I am, you know, because you met me at a job that you know doesn't pay me a lot of money. You know, she met me at an Ace Hardware, even though it's a good Ace Hardware, and they do take really good care of their people. The fact of the matter is, I'm not a manager or, you know, store manager or anything like that, which, you know, would give me a better chance with some women who would come into that store looking for a certain type of male to be their man, you know, that could afford them, essentially. But um, when I got to talking to the Jewish, I mean Jewish, the uh, Jehovah Witness lady, and she gave me some literature to read. I was like, wow. And then she said she was estranged from her husband because he was a faker, as she put it. He wasn't really serious about his faith. And um, and I started once to ask her, hey, can I take you out? You know, sometime. Not to be disrespectful to her husband, but basically she separated from him. And the way she's saying it, I think he's an alcoholic or something like that. And um, he's not really serious about his faith. 
as a Jehovah Witness, and she is. And I was like, okay, well, shit, I, I, I would like to get to know you. You know, and I'm not trying to come in on another man's wife. So, I mean, they would eventually have to get divorced if I did actually ask her out, which I didn't, all right? <clears throat> but I really had a greater level of respect for Jehovah Witnesses, is my point, after having that conversation with her. And I had a couple email correspondences with her as well, asking her more questions about marriage. Because to me, there is immense value in marriage. Even though men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and you're going to get on each other's nerves from time to time. The woman I just most recently went out with was married for like 14 years and had a couple children by her ex-husband. And now one of the children is, you know, damn near like suicidal and getting into a lot of delinquent behavior, uh, juvenile delinquent behavior, you know, scared about him taking his life, you know, that kind of thing. And it was, I asked her, I said, so when did that start happening? And she pointed out that it started happening after her and her ex-husband got divorced. And children will do that kind of shit. I have a, uh, members of my family where that's happened. I've heard other stories that were similar to that as well, to where mom and dad split up, the children nutted up. You know, children don't care. They're like, hey, you made me. Take care of me. And furthermore, since you know how important it is that I have both of you in my life, stay together. And if you don't stay together, I'm going to make either one of you go through hell on earth because I'm going to rebel against everything you do and say because you fucked up. And now I'm going to fuck up because I want my mom and dad to be back together. I don't care what y'all problems are, figure it out, make it work. That's, the ch that's where children are coming from. And that's why I was actually reluctant to even get involved with her in the first place. But part of me said this could work. You know, because in situations like that, I always want to know, is the guy dead? Is he completely out of the picture? You know, like this other woman I met not too long ago, kind of similar scenario. She has two children by two different dudes. The older guy, older child, the male, his father after she after she got pregnant, the dude bounced and never came back. Doesn't communicate with her nothing. So she's on her own trying to raise this man child who's already on the on a charted course to potentially being in jail and, you know, getting in trouble and having criminal behavior. So to me the value is marriage, not just for the sake of the children, but even as you know, husband and wife, women don't care either. Women want you as the man to figure it out, whatever the fuck it is. <clears throat> you know, and I guess you could say man wants God to figure it out, whatever it is, if that makes sense. And, um, so to me, in situations like that, if you're going to get involved with a woman that's uh, got children by another guy, man, do your due diligence. Save yourself the heartache. Because, I mean, you're going to be taking care of somebody else's children, potentially, especially if the children warm up to you. Now, if the children don't like you, that's different. You might be able to be less involved in their life. 
But if the children warm up to you like you're their new daddy, you know, then that's another ball game because then you got to pay for the children. Not really, but you got to pay something. And if the father's still in the picture, then of course he's going to be contributing something financially. And at the end of the day, it's always a financial conversation. And the value of partnership and marriage is that when you really stick together and you continue to grow, when you continue to evolve and work on the relationship, as opposed to jumping from person to person like so many people do nowadays, and you don't really grow, you're just jumping for this person, getting your freak on, doing all types of freaky, kinky shit, then you start hating each other and you part ways and then you're mad at that person for what they said that they didn't fulfill on or this person, you know, sold you a bill of goods that wasn't accurate in terms of who they really are. You know, it's just, it's, I, I, you know, when you look at times, maybe in the 30s and 40s, people knew that all they had was each other. People nowadays, and this is my point, and forgive me if it's taking me a long time to get to this, but, and, and, I will say and, the thing that I'm always present to is at one time in the world's history, life was hard. Life is hard now. It's getting harder for a lot of people because of the economy, the weather, I mean, you name it. Um, and in those times, maybe 30s and 40s, Divorce was not an option. It was like, no, shit, we in this together for life till death do us part. Because you knew that was all you had. You didn't have the illusion of choice. And a lot of times in certain cultures, if a woman got divorced from her husband, the men in that town never did not touch her. Because she was either considered to be damaged goods or just straight up off limits. Because you are somebody else's property. You know, people nowadays don't like to hear that. But that's how it's looked at. You know, and in those times, it was like, you didn't touch a woman that was divorced and had children. She was like, cast out and ostracized by, by the town, by the city. You know, women have so much power. This is their realm. This third dimensional realm is a woman's realm. They run this shit. And the whole point is, whether it was, you know, times like that or experiences like that during those times or just the fact that people really understood that all we have is each other, they stayed together. They made it work. They may have hated each other's guts at times. Slept in separate beds, which in, in the truest sense, I don't think is a bad thing. You know, you come together, you do your thing, you know, you get your freak on, you do what you want to do sexually, enjoy each other. And if you have different sleeping styles, then, yeah, you go back to your room and go to sleep. If you don't want to cuddle, you know. Um, But during those times, people understood we, we don't have the option to go fucking everything that moves because you're pissed off at me about what I did or didn't do today or yesterday. I'm not saying those times were ideal, far from it. But the point is, I think it, it kept people together and they worked through their issues because I think that's what marriage is. It's about working through your issues 
and continuing to have that reflection on what works and what doesn't in your relationship to your partner, to your husband or wife, and how you could be better as a man or as a woman. And a lot of times, the other part that's really the missing component, I see some of these married couples, and you could tell the woman's already had like a couple children. And spandex are like, I mean, women wear spandex all the time now. I mean, it's like, you know, think about these damn, the picture with Sally Field and, and the camel toe and how tight those pants were. You know, spandex are like that. Only they weren't, you know, of course, spandex aren't bell bottoms. But the point is, is that a lot of women understand that if I want to keep his dick hard, just being raw and real, let me keep myself nice and tight physically and sexy so he still wants to come home and knock it out. You know what I'm saying? And if he don't, and if he wants to dip or leave, then I'll find somebody else that loves this body and what I bring to the table. And a lot of times women that think from a business mindset they're like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure you keep your money flowing right because when your money's flowing right, that means you can take care of me and these children. You know, and then, it, and then the other part to it is a woman in the right mindset will make sure that her, her woman is, or excuse me, her man is well fed and properly nourished so that he can get an erection he is aroused. He does want to come home and and just be freaky with his wife because she's feeding him right. She's making sure that he gets his rest. You know, she gives him a massage. I mean, if if both parties work, if the month, if the husband and the wife work, then they take turns massaging each other and 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 intending to self care with the other person in ways that they can support them with. And then, you know, some of the self-care practices you do, you know, by yourself, you know, infrared sauna, whatever it is that a person might do. But it's a business mindset. And it's like I'm protecting my investment. The woman's posture is that's he's my investment. The man's posture is like she's my investment. If the woman is willing to be a hoe in the bedroom, straight up hoe, freaky, no holds barred. That man will never go anywhere. He will always do everything he can to take care of that woman and make sure that she is happy and in and, and, and good health. He will have her get regular breaks from the children so she can just go to a spa, go hang out with her girlfriends, you know, something along those lines, as opposed to being this, you know, insecure, domineering control freak, a man that's masculine, a man that's balanced. It's going to be like, and, and he's getting his knees taken care of. He's being acknowledged, you know, on a fairly regular basis for the things that he does for her and for the household and for the children and the way he, he is with people out in the world and the respect that he has in the community. That woman is going to make sure that that man is well fed, make sure he's properly pleased in the bedroom She's going to find out his sexual fantasies and she's going to find out, find every way imaginable to fulfill his sexual fantasies. And she 
is going to make sure that she's the predominant sexual fantasy that he gets to experience on a regular basis. Men are not that deep. We want good food. We want good sex. And ideally, we want good conversation, believe it or not. What do they say a lot of times when these dudes go to prostitutes? A lot of times they don't even go to them for the sex. They just go to them so that they can be heard. They go to them to have a conversation. Because unfortunately, you hear too many stories of married couples that just neglect each other and tolerate each other. The woman doesn't listen to him. He don't listen to her. They go through the motions with sex and they're in it just for the children. And that's pretty much it. And because, well, it's cheaper to keep her. And at the same time, they're both fucking miserable. And as the, as the statistics go, women actually cheat more so than men during marriage by a wide margin. So women are quick to get bored even more so than a man because men want to keep the peace. Women like to keep a certain level of tension in the relationship. That's what keeps a woman attracted. And when that tension is gone, she's a lot of times, based on the t uh, statistics, she's fucking somebody else. Well, my point is, when you look at it from a practical and bottom line point of view, you don't want anybody fucking with your investment. Because that person that you chose to walk down the aisle with, that is your business partner as much as they are your life partner. And that's the most important partner you can ever select in your life. That is the most important choice you can ever make in your life is who am I going to marry? Because they can be your access to heaven on earth or to hell on earth. They can be your access to all your sexual fantasies being fulfilled, or they can be your access to being sexually frustrated, un, you know, unable to get it up. The woman could be frigid, got all types of sexual hangups to where she don't want to do it this way or that way. He's insecure about the size of his penis or can't last long enough or what. It's like, unfortunately, there's so much of the negative stuff that at times when I meet couples, in the work that I do that have been together for a long time, I just acknowledge them. I'm like, I know it's probably not easy. You know, I had two, two customers the last two days. One was married to her, her husband for 50 years before he died. And the other lady was married to her husband, has been, he's still alive, but probably like close to 50 years as well. And she's an attractive older woman. And um, I just, I didn't have a chance to acknowledge her today, but almost every time I have a customer that I go to support or go to help out, if I see that they're married and they've been together for years, I always ask them, you know, what's your secret? How did you do it? Because this construct that we're in does not make marriage easy for the best of couples. And that's why, that's a part of why so many couples get divorced. Because this society is not pro-family. It's actually anti-family. It's pro-profit at the expense of family. It is pro-control at the expense of family. And again, like the Bible says, when a man findeth a wife, he findeth a good thing.
The Bible has got a great amount of wisdom and to me it's the book of life as I call it. And I guess one of the other things that really I got present to today is how soft men get when they get a woman in their life and then they just lose the edge that caused her to be attracted in the first place. And then your homies, they can see that you've gotten soft too. You don't want to be around them. You just want to be around your wife all the time. And certain conversations you don't want to have about women because you're all sensitive and all in your feelings and you don't want to hear anything negative about what might be an experience of your friends and their interaction with your wife. And understandably so, because sometimes maybe they're just being assholes. But a lot of times it may be an actual constructive criticism on certain ways that she's being and vice versa. She could have friends that are being critical of her husband that are not healthy and balanced because that happens a lot. And then those outside influences end up fucking up the marriage and destroying a really good thing. And that's sad. And that's one of the things at times I look at and I'm just like, how do people get divorced? It's like, I don't understand it. And I do understand it. But it's like, why? Work it out. Look at what's missing and, and just keep working at it. Put that in. The last woman I was going out with, that's what I told her. I was like, he probably still loves you. Most of the dudes that I've met that have been divorced from their wife, years later, if I end up having a conversation with them, I hear it in their voice. They still wonder, what if we had stayed together? What if we just had worked through it? Because most of the time, it's not irreconcilable differences. And then you look at the damage that was done to the child. Now, the child can choose differently. But a lot of times when they make that initial choice to just start acting up because mom and dad aren't together anymore, it ends up shaping their whole life for the rest of their life. And they never recover from it. Is that to say that you blame mom and dad for that? No. At some point, it's still the child's choice. And work it out. For richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. To love, honor, and obey. So like I said, I don't really get it. And I, in a way, I do understand why certain people just call it quits. But it can work. Even in this unnatural society that we're in right now. And if you got somebody in your life that you love, God bless you, man. I'm happy for you. There's nothing more precious to me than having somebody in your life that you can share your experiences with and love and laugh and cry and challenge each other and get pissed off at each other and, 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 and have conversations where you can get past it, you know, and, 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 and grow from it, become better and stronger as a couple to where you got each other's back no matter what. You know, that's powerful. That's love. That's what life is about. 
is love and commitment and connection and family. And when that goes out the window, it's just a matter of time before the society is just a shit show like what we are currently experiencing. So if you got somebody in your life that you love and you care about, ladies, protect your investment. Fellas, protect your investment. You're in it together. Find a way. Love each other. Appreciate each other. I've said this in prior podcasts. Practice Karitza. If you don't know what it is, look it up. The short version, listen to each other. Hold hands. Look each other in the eyes. Talk to each other. Laugh. Sit at the table and have dinner together. Watch movies together. It's the little things. Create intimacy. And when you create that space for intimacy to just uh, to thrive and to flourish, you give yourself a much better chance of just really, really appreciating this amazing human being that you have the honor and the privilege to lay next to and to spend your life with. Because believe me, folks, there are plenty of us, yours truly included, that have been longing for that their entire life and at times wondering, in my case, if I'll ever find it before my life is over. So if you got that, cherish it. Appreciate her. Appreciate him. Even if it's the same sex couple, it's the same basic principle. Take time to appreciate each other, acknowledge each other. It's so easy for us to take each other for granted. So live your best life now. Enjoy every moment. We're all, every day we live, we're closer to death. So live your best life. Love the person in your life like your life depended on it. Because in many ways it does. Love yourself first and foremost like your life depended on it. Because it definitely does. And only from that space can you really and truly be there for another person to love and cherish another is by starting with self. So. Have great sex. I mean, get freaky. Fuck the way you want to fuck. Make love the way you want to make love. Have conversations for possibility about what you are doing that works and what you're doing that may not work and what you want to do more of that you've never done or have been wondering about. Threesomes, uh, whatever your, 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 your kinky shit is, tying each other up, you know, what is that, uh, bondage, s and I mean, whatever it is that you get, get off on, express that shit. Tell them. That's what they're there for in your life. They're there to be with your communication and for you to be with theirs. You don't always have to agree with it, but talk, have conversations for possibility about like, oh, okay, you want to have a threesome. I never knew you to be into that. But okay, fuck it. Let's look at it. Let's explore it. Let's set boundaries. 
Speak from your fucking gut. Speak from your heart. Speak from your heart. And just be real with it. And that's what people resonate with and respect more so than anything. We don't always agree, but don't sugarcoat it. Have the courage to say what you got to say that matters to you. So you get in the nut that you want to get. Sex rules the world, not money. So get yours and get it with the person that you chose to say I do with. That's the best way to do it. Jumping from this person to that person to this person to that person, you ain't accomplishing shit. Except for having a long lineage, a long line of fucking emotional scarring and wounds and just superficial interactions. Nothing that's really concrete and substantial. Love your life, folks. Love the people in your life. Live long and prosper together. And on that note, I'm going to say peace and love. God bless. One.